listening to the cannabis hangout two girls one bowl and a podcast that is breaking the stigma of marijuana my name is brandon and my name is saba we will be connecting with a community of cannabis enthusiasts by educating people sharing stories from medical marijuana patients and interviewing industry leaders while debunking cannabis myths so we invite you to come roll with us while while we break break it all down. down Hey guys, welcome back. I'm Saba. And I'm Brandon. And we are your hosts of the Cannabis Hangout. On today's episode, we have the pleasure of speaking with local growers from Black Sheep Cultivation, which is an organic living soil craft cannabis grow here in Oklahoma. We are really excited to pick their brain, learn what makes them tick, and get an insight to their grow and their brand. So please welcome Zach and Steve with Black Sheep Cultivation to the Cannabis Hangout. Hey guys. Hey. We're glad to be here, guys. Thanks yeah, for having us. thank you. Wow, you have a really good deep voice <laughs> for the mic. Hey. Thanks for <laughs> taking time out of your day to be here with us. We really appreciate that. I know you guys are busy and have a lot going on. Um, let's just start from the beginning. Will each of you tell us where your cannabis journey first began? And Zach, we can start with you. Uh, I kind of think that me and Steve have a similar story, considering we both knew each other 20, how long ago was it? 24, 26? Something like that years ago. Okay, wow. Don't date me. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I think for me, I guess it comes from, I guess maybe Steve can say the same thing, from the Grateful Dead. Okay. Okay. Um, Really cool. That's who I think I had some, I played, I used to play tennis and I had a bunch of, I played up, so I had a bunch of older friends and they started turning me on to the Grateful Dead in like 1992 maybe. And good weed came from that too because Deadhead's always had like the best herb. And they called it Kind Bud back then. Okay, we've heard that a time or two, Kind Bud. Kind bud. And it uh, used to be a lot more of it down in Norman where the college hippies were. And that's kind of how I ran into Steve. Okay. Long story short. College hippies. Steve, were you a college hippie? <laughs> we were a little older. Were we older or younger than that? But minus the college Minus part the college, me, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. I wasn't in college either then. But, uh, and then I actually met a girl who lived in Eugene, Oregon through Steve and Amber. And uh, I moved to Eugene, and then from there to Humboldt. But Eugene was kind of put to me as, like, the the mecca for herb and vegan food and hippies and all okay. that stuff. So it was, like, where I wanted to be. And it's not too far from that. You know, at least it yeah. wasn't, wasn't there. Yeah. And Northern California is the same way, and there's a lot of overlap there for me, and that's basically my history. Yeah, just and kind we of that whole culture. We can go into details later. Yeah, okay, uh, sounds good. Steve, what about you? Where did your cannabis journey first begin? So for by today's standards, I guess I was somewhat of a late bloomer. So mm-hmm. late in high school, uh, was lucky enough that uh, Zach's right, Grateful Dead and and Kind Bud are kind of inseparable for me. So there was one hippie at my high school uh, introduced me to both of those things: the Grateful <laughs> Dead and Kind Bud. <laughs> what a <laughs> shout out! <laughs> and ironically, he actually lived in Norman at sort of a hippie commune where they grew good weed. And, you know, uh, he actually, I grew up in Edmond. Mm-hmm. So he went to high school at Edmond Memorial of all places. Shout out to Bulldogs. Yeah, yeah Bulldog <laughs> Nation. So I uh, got really lucky there. And, uh, where have they gone now? Yeah. And, you know, the, from throwing bag seeds in my mom's flower beds as a teenager. In the, the flower beds. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. What is that, Mom? Yeah, it, actually a, a, a landscaper noticed it and brought it to her attention. It's like, you know you're growing cannabis in your garden. She's like, oh, Steve. <laughs> Damn it, Steve. So, uh, and then I, you know, moved to the West Coast, moved to the mountains, then to the West Coast, and just a lot of uh, a lot of good growers along the way, a lot of great weed along the way. And So about how old were you when you both moved out of Oklahoma? I was 19. Okay. I was 18. I dropped out okay. of college after a month and moved to the mountains. Amazing. You guys are both just feeling drawn to the mountains, it sounds like. Yeah. Or just and to a different culture. You know, yeah. Oklahoma's yeah. gotten a lot better, and a lot of that's from cannabis, I yeah. think. And, and a lot of people For sure. moved back this way over the last 10 years or whatever. I think there's mm-hmm. a lot of that. The migration went west, and now it mm-hmm. you know, came home people to People are roost. coming home, even yep. B- mm-hmm. Even before legalization, mm-hmm. I think that started. Yep, I've been back since, you know, 97, 98. Mm-hmm. Oh. And that's home. when I met him, and that's when I left and went out there in 97. And uh, I was out okay. there for 
15 years. So you guys have stayed connected since? Yeah. I mean, him, his, his wife is, was a good friend of mine. We okay. worked together okay. in like 1996 at Pearl's Oyster Bar. Shout out yeah. to Pearl that had their, mm-hmm. <laughs> I hate that today <laughs> yesterday. <laughs> so good. And the girl that Zach lived in Oregon with, I had traveled uh, on Grateful Dead tour with. Yep. Wow. So like I knew her when she was in high school in Palo Alto, California. Yep. She came to Oklahoma to visit me and met Zach, and then they went back to the West Coast together. That's, that's crazy. That's so you traveled on the Grateful Dead yeah. today. I did. Yes. Right on. That's yes. dope. Was that just like an opportunity that fell in your lap? You just kind of like knew people, and you just like joined? So I uh, moved to Winter Park, Colorado okay. uh, for the winters, and it was coolest people, coolest town ever, and finally someone was like, you know what we do all summer, right? I was like, no. They're like, just get in the van. So <laughs> <What>? <laughs> got in the van and uh, uh, the bus stopped by and I got on, as they say. Yep. Uh, that's awesome. You got on. Wow. <laughs> once you once you go on, you can't go back. <laughs> no. there's, a, there's a, and I mean, you can't really see it anymore, which is probably the frustrating thing because it's a definite part of America that I don't think a lot of people even can comprehend. The amount of people that the Grateful Dead would bring to a town is Two hundred thousand, you know, sometimes wow. unless you're in Vegas and then close to half a million, yeah, four hundred thousand. Yeah. Wow. So you can imagine that's the size. That's half the four hundred thousand, half the size of Oklahoma City. All yeah. in all, in one parking lot around a football arena or whatever, mm-hmm. and everybody's vending everything, mm. and you got people yeah. walking around with, you know, nugs going, kind bud, yeah, yeah. And doses. Yeah, <laughs> it's just it's it's a part of the United States mm. history that yeah. I, that I don't think anybody can. Such a movement. Until you, unless you can experience it, you can't understand. Yeah, we can't go back in time. No, and like (laughs) bands don't like bands like that don't exist anymore. Like there is experience at least. No, and you cannot even you can't recreate that because music today is nothing like music as it started. True, and the world's a lot more accessible through your phone. Like the, yes. that's the thing about Grateful Dead tour is we didn't yeah. have cell phones. Thank goodness. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, really. Yeah. So. Statute of limitations you'd run lose out. People but for three shows, goodness. you know, you'd yeah. be like, "Where's Steve? I don't know. He went with them at so and so." And then like two shows later, they're like, "Oh, there's Steve." And yeah, but it yeah. also kind of like made you like go to where you wanted to be without like yeah. seeing it all online. Yeah. If yeah. you wanted to be a part of it, mm-hmm. you had to be there, for which sure. is very present. For sure, yeah. that's really cool. That and, is, and totally an inseparable part of what we deem as cannabis culture yeah Um, so you know that term kind bud and a lot of people newer to cannabis in my opinion see some of what's available on the shelves and you know whether they love it or think that there's something left to be desired we've been seeing weed like we try to bring to the market for 20 some odd years now so when people are like "Ooh, weed's getting so good it's like really i'm still trying to get back to to (laughs) yeah to what it was and uh and really, largely, that's probably a lot of the journey that brought us here. I know I never really, when legalization happened, I just kind of let that ship sail for quite some time. And then it was dissatisfaction with what I saw coming to market. Mm-hmm. And just thinking like, man, I've... You had to you get know, your foot in there. Yeah, yeah mm-hmm. I've seen better weed than that coming out of closets in Oklahoma City for the last 20 mm-hmm. years. Like, what is this? <laughs> right. And yeah. why, why isn't someone representing? And not to discount, there are a lot of great growers mm-hmm. right yes. now. There really yes. are, but... I think it took a while. Yeah, yeah, it yeah. for sure did. Yeah. So, what would you guys say um, is your, like the point where cannabis became like medicinal to like that aha moment? Like, was that like way back? Did you figure that out, or was it just like kind of as you got older? You want to take it? Well, I don't want to steal the thunder on our name at all, but uh, there's a lot of meaning behind that, yeah. and I think that all of us that represent and and feel part of that black sheep vibe realize that even as a teenager I was sitting trying to convince my parents for instance of right. you know the the dangers of alcohol and the benefits of cannabis mm. and right. we're sitting there as teenagers being like hemp and you mm-hmm. know replacing plastics and fossil fuels and so much capability in one plant and they just looked at us as as black sheep yeah mm. yeah. yeah and yeah and that and then I guess maybe that's where it ties in a little bit to the Oregon group of growers that I met when I first moved out there and uh, so there's a there's a company there called down to earth nutrients and they're they're located out of Eugene and have been since their beginning (coughs) and for me knowing how much care they take where they source their materials or where they source their you know fertile nutrients from Mm -hmm. they don't want to disturb habitats and so on and so forth and and I've just always had that as the access to the way that I've grown herb and everybody out there does, mm. does it that way mm-hmm. okay almost everybody in 
Oregon and Northern California, at least back then. I know it's changed a little bit because now right. it's legal and everything, but was a no-till, a version of, well, maybe not no-till, that wasn't necessarily there, but like compost teas and, <clears throat> you know, micronutrient teas and stuff like that. Yeah. Based on organic fertilizers, that's just how everybody did it out there. That's just kind of what you were taught it's from the get-go, right. which is right. really right. cool that you were taught <laughs> such an organic way. Yeah, and it was kind of commonplace for those areas and in northern california as well there's definitely a big ital like rasta vibe which is very organic and uh you know it just kind of spreads and you're, there's so much soil out there i just recently saw somebody post a picture of his friend's grow and he's like this is in california i figured you might know this guy and i look at it and it's a huge light assisted greenhouse that's hydro and i'm like you're sitting on soil you're on a mountain yeah, <laughs> yeah. put nutrients in it and like grow it out where it, how it wants to grow yeah so but I don't know. People have always asked, why do you do it that way? And that's the answer because that's the way I, only way I've ever known. Mm-hmm. And that it has achieved certain results from 20 years ago, and I don't see it changing. Why switch up yeah, what you've right. always known? Yeah. yeah. To your medicinal question, though, I mean, I think a uh, shout-out to y'all's friend uh, Puff Pastor. Uh, <laughs> he, he put something yeah, in his fun. story the other day that really made sense to me where he's like, no one asks you why you're eating healthy. Yeah, you know, is that is that a medicinal apple? Um, so <laughs> yeah, I believe in health and wellness. So mm-hmm, right. I don't necessarily medicate with cannabis to treat some ailment that I have, but it aids in my well being. Yeah, and I believe in you know a human's ability to heal themselves and to know what's best for yes. their nervous system and for their themselves. And you know whether it's you know my wife treating uh, lady problems mm-hmm. or you know just a sense of well being that comes from cannabis is really my link to the medicinal side of it. Sure. So. Yeah. Becomes a lifestyle, yeah. connects. That was to a, a really good answer. Yeah, yeah. Me- mental health is I- immeasurable, but yes. you know, it's if that's what I need to turn off at night and sleep well and clear my head, then that's medicine to me. Mm-hmm. And, yeah. and the medicinal, there's so many medicinal applications for cannabis. It's like when somebody's journey can be almost subconscious. You know what I mean? Because it's the way you deal with the world. I yeah. have my f- my friend Josh in California the first time they went medical he went and told the doctor that George Bush was stressing him out. <laughs> <laughs> and, <no help. laughs> and he got his card for that. So. Oh, that's awesome. That's all you got to say. Yeah. That's Can we say that today right now? <laughs> <laughs> okay, just kidding. Let's switch gears. I still yes. smoke because the you know. I mean really. I mean really. <laughs> That's a whole nother can of worms. <laughs> exactly. So will you guys tell us a little bit of who you are, what you do, and the role you play within black sheep cultivation? I'll start, so then we can pass it to Zach, because okay. black sheep wholeheartedly is Zach's baby, um, and I'm just really proud to be a part of it. So Really cool. We both, uh, or I grow up my med cart at home, and, and just, I'd been in other grows, but not with the same methodology that I'd seen Zach produce and he started teaching me about living soil and I started growing at home and we just I started having success and really enjoying it and the light bulb kind of came on for both of us of like man we really should raise some money and do this and we kind of made a commitment and started digging into it and realized that we weren't going to have to take any outside investors or bring in any partners that we were going to be able to do it our way you know kind of on a shoestring budget because we wanted to be small and Mm -hmm. be boutique and so you know I've been in a a business oriented role in my day job for a long time now, 20 years. So um, I just brought kind of that business and marketing acumen to the table and kind of give Zach the free reign to do things his way and grow his way. And we both just really aligned on the vision and the marketing and that part was easy. Um, But my role is more just, you know, there's so much regulation in our industry and I deal with software and things like that in my day job. So getting aligned with metric and all that crap. Yeah. On my place. Yes. Someone's got to. <laughs> Someone has to do, do that. that. Yeah, <laughs> so, yeah. Mm-hmm. and I'm not a not a computer nerd, but uh, that I'm able to pull that stuff off. Yeah, so. that's that, cool. You guys both shine and have your skills and gifts in different ways. We, we complement each other well. Yeah. and we're a small team, so we have you know a, a grower, a full time employee, and then a couple of helpers, and it is amazing the synergy I would say with our team mm-hmm. and just how I mean we kind of throw the ball up and everybody takes their swing at it and and it works uh really well together it fits together like mm. a little puzzle yeah. that's important having a good team really will make or break you it is really beyond crucial yeah. yeah the first I had another opportunity that I was involved with and that was the issue and so whenever 
I just started growing out of my house and posting everything because I was kind of almost like antagonizing my old partners. <laughs> look what I can like, do. Look what I'm still doing. You guys said this was easy. Yeah. Blah, blah, blah. yeah. And I just kind of made a promise to myself. I have another friend, Tony, who's kind of our grow manager, I guess, mm-hmm. to speak. Great friend of mine that I've met only since I moved back to Oklahoma this, you know, about eight, nine years ago. And, uh, but he's just super solid. He worked for my dad's business. So I knew he would okay. do near anything uh, <laughs> because it was a shitty job. Sorry, mm-hmm. Dad. <laughs> <laughs> I'd be like that sometimes. <laughs> Sorry, Dad. And Tony just killed it, you know. So uh, I forget kind of where I was going with that. But we have a great crew. We, we made sure we were going to have a great crew or we weren't going to do it again. Setting up a new company can be difficult and confusing, but establishing a strong foundation with appropriate and necessary documents can help protect you in the long run. Yes, and with being business owners ourselves, we understand what it's like pretty well, I think. With BIC Legal, they practice in areas like family law, estate planning, business litigation, and review and draft contracts for your company while assisting in licensing applications, and so much more. And with the Oklahoma cannabis industry thriving, the rules and regulations related to cannabis are quite strict. Jade Pepworth with BIC Legal, she really enjoys working with companies from the ground up. So if you're looking for good legal help in Oklahoma, she's your girl. Let's get back to today's episode. Yeah, that's important. So is there a process that you guys go through when you do decide to bring on new people? Is there like, because I know, I mean, even just... With Brandon and I, like when we want to work with new people, like there's a huge questionnaire that we go through because it's important for us to work with the right people that have the sure. same vision and end goal in mind as us. So is and that something? Hard to find. Yes. And so, what's that process look like for you guys when bringing on new people? So we haven't had to bring anybody from the outside world. Amazing. Um, so it's all family. And nice. It's more like there's all this work to be done, and then you look over and your friend's doing it. Yeah. And then you kind of look at each other and go, hey, can we pay him this week? You know? <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's, and, that's cool. And then yeah. it's like, well, we really want them more involved, so can we keep this path out in front of them? So we, yeah. you know, it's... We've got a, we've got a, yeah every single person in our crew, which is small. Very small. Has more than one role and can play them, you know, first chair, for sure. It's yeah. awesome. That's that's awesome. Absolutely. And it's, you know, we're... We can't emphasize enough how small we are, you know, so it's not, we yeah. don't, we don't need to hire an army of people. Right. Yeah. Um, and we won't for a little while. That's yeah, right. That's okay. And I feel like that's good because it, it protects what you guys are doing with Hawkeyes. Yeah. And that way yeah, it's it makes like. makes it a lot easier to trust the people that are around us. Yeah. We know, and we've known mm-hmm. them for a long time. We know them well. And for us, it's, it's really the vibe check. You know what I yes. mean? It's like, especially with Zach, I just, when we're bringing on someone like to help with sales or whatever, I'm like, man, if it's your vibe, you know, cause that's yeah. out there repping your brand and, mm-hmm. and your good name and the way we want to feel about a product. Yeah. And so that's really where it boils down to us. It's a heart thing. Yeah. And, and, you know, we, we kind of find a, a family kind of connection with our friends, mm-hmm. which is kind of what black sheep means in the first place, mm-hmm. I think. Yeah. And I suppose I should probably do a little bit of a shout out to the Oregon black sheep crew. Cause that's, Kind of the first people that kind of helped me realize it, that all of our little, like, Grateful Dead family, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. we are our own family. Yeah, and we yeah. are the respective black sheep of our of our families. Yeah. So we might as well start our own family called the Black Sheep Family. You know? Right. That's cool. And they are the ones that, you know, I've lived with forever out there that have, like, taught me, taught me the ropes. And in more ways than one, even when it was illegal, there's a code, you know, that yeah. you got to follow. Yeah. And all of that. And, uh... So then we kind of come back here, and it's starting. We're starting to talk about doing it again, and we're trying to figure out a name. And Steve was just like, "I think you're too close to it to see it, but Black Sheep is the name." And I was like, "Yeah, I guess you're right." And now yeah. it's like, "Duh!" Like, <laughs> of course it is. Yeah, you know? it makes sense. He's kind of pulled it out. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. So how long have you guys been in the Oklahoma market? The, so, uh, our license uh, was uh, valid in January. Yeah. So this is our what we have at market right now is our first crop. Wow, that's amazing. That's exciting. That's very exciting. Yeah. And we've done really well with it. Yeah, we've yeah. heard a lot of good things through the grapevine of people so in many. Oklahoma about, like, black sheep. Try black sheep and yeah. this and that. And we're like, okay. It's like I love when I hear of people that – I haven't heard about, and then mm-hmm. all of a sudden they come out of the woodworks, and their stuff yeah, is so great, from, and then everyone's just like, yes. black sheep, like, just saying their name over and over, and you're like, okay, well, I can't get away from this now. I have to actively go find it, yeah. and I love when brands do that because it's it goes to show even the mindfulness that you guys put behind the brand and how much thought was provoked before 
it even hit the market. So that way, when it did hit the market, yeah, it yeah. Hit, literally you guys hit the ground running. Like and there was no yeah. And back yeah, back to like the the Grateful Dead were very good at marketing, right? And all yes. the stickers and uh, iconography mm-hmm. and such. That has just like become a part of who Steve and I and the you know mm-hmm. those black sheep or deadheads. That yeah. And uh, you know Dylan Bradway and Maeve did our artwork and they just absolutely killed it. We just were. Yeah, like, they did. Yeah, so that makes it even easier because you can you can vibe with the brand through the iconography of it all. Mm-hmm. You know. Yeah. And they just absolutely crushed it. And then of course Dylan, it it works in our grow too. So we just we're just really excited to have kind of like you know top quality yeah. folks that yeah. can do can multitask you know really which is important yeah, yeah. so cool you guys want to yeah yeah go ahead let's light it Am up I allowed to say that yes, yes. you are we're <laughs> gonna smoke some weed what are we smoking zach this is strawberry cooler Ooh, okay this is the one we should have smoked right before because we would have just like <laughs> it's okay there's still time <laughs> i'll light it up Okay. Um, so you guys grow in living soil with no pesticides, regenerative agricultural practices as well. Where did your passion for growing like that come from? And you said back in Oregon, but bringing that to Oklahoma, what was your vision with bringing that here? For me, organic gardening is just kind of the only way I've ever gardened. I mean, I've had a landscaping company and I love to garden at home and have a vegetable garden. And I just have never dreamt of dumping the miracle grow on it or being yeah. ag, mm. ag or whatever to try right. and get the results I want. I, mm-hmm. I think that, I mean, mushrooms are the real MVP, but, you know, the life cycle in nature <clears throat> is complete. An old growth forest doesn't have someone fertilizing it and look at the power yeah. and the majesty of those trees. Yeah. So 100%. Mother nature does its job. Yeah. Yeah. We just uh, try and learn from nature and uh, assist nature and course when you're bringing it in an indoor environment there's environmental control is extremely important Mm -hmm. but we're trying to create as much of a you know recycling life cycle environment that we can quote unquote artificially because it's it's in a it's in a room yeah yeah Yeah, and we're the dominant species on this planet we ought to steward it relatively well you know i mean what we are trying to do is leave it better than we found it and i think that (laughs) Granted, we're indoor, but if we're doing this on an outdoor farm somewhere, mm-hmm. you're just making the entire soil better. And, yeah. You know, mm-hmm. just at least in that way, we're being stewards of the planet. Yeah. Know? I mean, the plant itself can replace plastic. Yeah. It can replace. Yeah. Which is crazy. Fuel. It can replace, you know, mm-hmm. so many different things that we, just as cannabis as the medicine, isn't even really touching into. And I mm-hmm. hope that we can, maybe through people like us and, pe- and other folks, there's some other good folks out there doing what we're doing. Resonant does a great job, and there's many more. Um, but hopefully we can kind of lift the vibe and lift the consciousness to a level where we can at least not be like every other industry, tons yeah. of plastics, tons yeah. of waste, all that stuff. So this is a great segue into a question I had later on, but you brought it up. So we've heard from other growers about runoff, waste, et cetera, from current growers being unaware or grows that have been abandoned. Do you have an opinion on what effect that has on our environment? And if so, is there something you think that people could be doing as preventatives now to stop the problem or subside it before it gets worse? Yeah, grow organic. Grow organic. Okay. That's right. I mean, we... <laughs> that simple? Yeah, it's, I mean, it's, <laughs> it's not complicated. The, yeah. It's the Einstein's principle. The, the, the yeah. solution is more simple than the problem itself. So you think people who don't grow organic, it's because it's too much work? I think it's cheaper. It's easier to do. It's easier to scale it up. Mm. It takes hand watering takes one of our dudes what three three or four hours in a day if we you know and it, it's hard yeah. to. But for us, that's what we want. We want to hire our friends. We don't want to be yeah. mm-hmm. these these like tycoons on a hill. You know, we want it to be about the family and, and about. I think know, it's important to jump in and say like. There's more than one way to skin a cat. So yeah. no offense to For any sure. of <laughs> a quote unquote salt. That's growers. why I brought Steve. You know, there's <laughs> a, there, there are a lot of people that are doing it that way for, for valid reasons for True. themselves. Uh-huh. Um, <clears throat> and a lot of them are really good stewards. You know, they're careful that they don't have I- any runoff mm-hmm. and they're being conscious of the environment. I mean, w- we don't even have any place that water goes back out of our facility. So right. it's a complete closed loop and so we know that's cool you know we can be very confident that we don't have you know short of the electric usage and things like that we don't have any negative impact necessarily 
as That's long awesome. as we can keep Mylar yeah. at bay. Goodness gracious. <laughs> yeah, let's, but, Mylar. But there's there's more than one way to do it, and there are salt growers out there that are doing their part and doing a good job. But, you know, if you have a large-scale outdoor farm um, and you want to have the smallest environmental impact possible, then mm-hmm. grow organically, like Zach said. And you literally are improving the soil every time you use it. Yeah. We, you know, short of the flowers that, that get harvested and sold, everything else is going right back into the soil. Mm-hmm. You know, everything we trim off the plant goes right into the soil. Earthworms eat it, turn it into okay, green compost, yeah. and there, there's no waste. Yeah, so. interesting. That's cool. It's cool to have it broken down like that because, I don't know, it's just everyone grows so different and everyone breaks it down so different. And I feel like Bray and I are always learning <laughs> because you can never learn enough about being in a grow. True. And so to have it broken down like that is very helpful. And I'm usually pretty extremist in my views. I'm like, do it this way or don't do it at all. <laughs> Steve's like, no, come on, man. Well, so and I, I appreciate think Steve's yeah. balance. Steve balances me out a lot. I think it's even hard for you to to think about because it's so intuitive the way that you grow. Right. You know what I mean? But I grew up helping a buddy in a garden that that grew with amendments. And uh, he he thought he was doing it the right way. Right. You know what I mean? You got really lucky. Salt that you, Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Uh, That you learned the way you learned from the start. I agree. Um, but yeah. we are we are we are feeling super blessed by the whole thing, you know, by our crew, by our yeah. Yeah. methodology, by Oklahoma being so receptive to a small farm like ours. Yeah. You know, I think the laws are written yeah. to help that happen, you know. Yeah. We, we want to keep yeah, it that way too. Oklahoma people really love like small craft. Which farmers, I appreciate that about I Oklahoma. Feel like yeah. 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 More th- people than not time. I run into. Yeah. I feel, like I feel like a lot more people that they look for the small craft growers and the it's it's there's not a lot of people that I've surrounded myself around that go look for like the cheapest ounce or the cheapest. They literally will ask all the questions. Yeah. It's the people or who walk like, out yeah. and they're like, No, I'm good. Like I'll just walk out. And it's cool because it's we've set that standard for Oklahoma. So a lot of these g- big commercial growers, there are purposes for them and that's great what they're doing, what they're doing. But the small growers, I feel like, especially on the like not even on the processing, but just on the flower front. That's like our heart and soul, I feel like, which is cool. Yeah, it's not everybody, but it's yeah. the people who mm-hmm. care about what they put in their bodies. You know, yeah. maybe they read the ingredients on things that <laughs> they consume for their yeah. bodies a little more. I mean, it's the same thing with cannabis. You kind of care about what you're putting in your body mm-hmm. and where it's coming from. So, in your Agreed. Instagram bio, you mentioned West Coast Wisdom. Can you expand on what that entails and what boutique exotic cultivar looks like and what it means? I think maybe those are all tied together yeah. Yeah. Uh, because I grew up with a bunch of older – or when I was out on the West Coast, I grew up. I guess we're still growing up, right? Um, out there, I had a bunch of friends that were a lot more, a lot older and a lot more experienced mm-hmm. than me. Mm-hmm. And learning from – let's come back. I, I got stoned. No, you're good. The question <laughs> was, what Rewind. does West Coast wisdom mean, <laughs> and what does that entail? And then the boutique exotic cultivar, right, right. what's that? Okay, yeah, there we are. There. Um, so a lot of that's like down-to-earth nutrients. The methodology that I learned on from those West Coast growers, from you know making compost teas that before they, I even really knew what they were called, you know, and, and using just all organic, sustainably sourced nutrients from down-to-earth, I think that's maybe why I originally put that on there was because we pretty much use them. I could basically be a, an advertisement for down-to-earth nutrients. That's pretty much all we use. Okay. That's awesome. Do you guys – are you familiar with kind of some of the different ways to grow organically? So a grower can be an organic grower, and they can just have a tiny little pot with a tiny little bit of soil in mm-hmm. it. And every time they need to feed that plant, they mix nutrients and amendments and water, and they feed the plant. But what they're using is listed as organic. So Mm -hmm. it's not a chemical fertilizer. It's an organic fertilizer. Got it. The differentiator with the way we grow is we have massive soil beds. Okay. uh, Some of the biggest in the state and some of the fullest in the state. And it's full of living soil that has – it's literally teeming with life. I mean, there's millions of nematodes and thousands of beneficial mites Mm and thousands of earthworms and all these living things living in the soil – um, and every time we need to add nutrients, we brew a compost tea. Mm-hmm. So it's never just mix something in water and water it. We have a complex method where we're, you know, brewing for 24 hours with, oh. with worm castings and compost as a base and then whatever. Yeah. And it's, it's, 
certainly not the easiest way to do it. Yeah. Um, it's, it's labor intensive. It's time consuming. So when we talk about Tony taking four hours to water, the day before, he also took a couple hours to brew the tea. Right. To be able to water. Yeah. And you right. guys should see it. It's a trip. It, it like foams up. It's, it, it's like, it looks like a witch's brew. Wow. It's mm. amazing. So how long does it take to like brew the tea to feed the plants? 24 hours. Yeah. 24. Yeah. 24. So yeah. is, yeah, is tea brewed daily then? Uh, mm, depending on the day before we we are feeding that. Okay, got it, got it. Doing, yeah. Yep. Okay. And, mm, and it's, it's and usually it is once every week or a little bit more than that. Okay. Yep. And and the time period is important because we're introducing tons of microbes that mm. they flourish in that 24-hour time period. Okay. But if you kept brewing longer, you'd kill them all. Right. Interesting. Well, okay. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. So we're, we're like, we're bringing it to life and then introducing it to the plants. Right. And mm. in the soil, really it's, the working, soil. it's working with, you know, the micronutrients in the soil it's it's helping the roots up take more nutrients yeah the nutrients we're adding and the nutrients that are already in the soil um there's like a mycelial layer that kind of grows on in the top mm-hmm. inch or so of the our soil that uh, we have a, you know we have cover crop and beneficial you know mm-hmm. companion planting and stuff like that going mm-hmm. on yeah and all of that creates like an immune system for the plant where we have to use very little IPM. Mm-hmm. Um, we use Swirsky mites, which are predator mites, and then one little spray. And it, you know, I hear nightmares, and I've heard nightmares for years, and I've experienced nightmares uh, growing weed and getting mites, but we just don't even have an issue at all. That's awesome. So. Sounds like you guys have taken a lot of time and thought into even just day-to-day operations, which is very important. Obviously, when you're doing a grow, you have to have all that stuff nailed down, but it's just... I don't know. It's cool to hear you guys talk about it. And it works well together. Our our brains work well together. Which is important. That is very (laughs) important. Y'all do too. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Thanks for breaking that down, though. Yeah, that was really good. Yeah, you're welcome. That can be like, and sometimes unless you're like in it and you're growing Mm -hmm. it and your hands are in the soil and you're doing the whole process, like you You can't really, like, and we haven't even like seen that happen. So to be able to like witness it, it's it's just, I mean, I don't know. It's hard to understand Mm -hmm. completely if you're. An we, outsider, not super familiar. Sure. We, we like to differentiate because yeah. that living soil is a really important part of what we do for us. And then the why behind it is really important for us to touch on. Mm-hmm. Um, and it also goes to the second part of your question, what is the boutique cultivars mm-hmm. all about? And Zach has hunted down our strains. Um, and we've been really fortunate. He knows what breeders he likes based on their ideals and what they're after trying mm-hmm. to get out of the plant. And we've, we've popped some winners, um, which should taste when yeah. you smoke the weed and, and we take a flavor over everything philosophy. Yes. Yeah. So want it to taste good. And then everything that happens after is already more pleasant, you know? Yeah. yeah. So what's the process in picking your strains or what was the process? This is your first harvest. Do you guys plan on switching them up? Are you going to stay consistent? What's that going to look like for you guys? I mean, we like gas, you know, that's, yeah. that's the big deal. I mean, when I was first kind of in the West coast scene, it was like sour diesel mm-hmm. and OG Kush's. Which I have like the, maybe it's the nostalgia factor, but I just can't get away from. Honestly, there and no, I don't want there's to not either. really a ton of sour <laughs> diesels. There's it. not a ton of OG Kushes. Right. There was when it, the market first hit, and I remember seeing it everywhere. Right. But we it's actually had this conversation yesterday diesel. about nine pound hammer and the, how that wasn't a strain that we've seen in a really long time either. Right. Jinx Proof, I think, made that. Yeah, yeah, and like people start at the when cannabis when I first got into cannabis in 2019. That's all that people were selling, like, was the OG strains. And then as soon as people got into, like, the more exotic. Cake, cake yeah, and yes. And it immediately, now like, na- now yeah. it's like, let's take the cakes and let's go back to the sour diesel. And, and that's, yep. Mm-hmm. And now I feel like more, more, especially, like, small batch cultivar growers are like, no, like, we want to go back to the OG ways and, like, bring those strains back. Right. And I feel like some of the growers that kind of were doing it didn't really do justice to the lineage of what these, you know, strains actually are sure. because everybody likes to claim. The yes. Yeah. And so I feel like even with patients, it, it kind of put a bad taste because a lot of my older patients, they grew up on these strains and they were like, no, right. this is not it. And That's I mean, even you guys like. talk, yeah. even you guys talking about it now, right. it's like. It's it's not it it's confirms so finding that. a way to get back to the roots is yeah. I think that's cool. And I think you know there's a lot of th- that maybe this goes back to the West Coast wisdom or to both the boutique cultivar ideology is there's some growers on the West Coast back then to Jack Herrera, uh, DJ Short, and now his son JD. 
and they still have like that original blueberry, which there's some there's some lineage arguments out there for yeah. a bunch of different things, but there's <clears throat> those guys had you know incredible strains and incredible genetics <clears throat> for the past twenty years, mm-hmm. and then you know the diesels and the OGs came in, and that's where all that stuff got mixed together. Which yeah, is maybe that's what we mean. You mean it more generally. Yeah, but yeah, yeah. We mm-hmm. maybe have a little bit of a we were blessed into being able to taste some of the best herb yeah. out there, and now yeah. we are like, that's what we want. So that's what we try to find. Yeah, hell yeah, <laughs> that's awesome. That's cool. So to flip the script a little bit, this might be a little broad, so just answer it how you can. But from my research, you guys are really passionate about like sustainability, waste reduction, cannabis law reform. What have your experiences been like within these stances that taught you, like, and what you want to share with others, maybe? Yeah, I mean, in simplest form, I think Oklahoma got an amazing law written. Yeah. And I Amen. think I think now that the lawmakers are getting their greedy little hands on it, they're trying yeah. to screw mm-hmm. it up for everybody. And we're not nearly as active as we should be and, and, you know, give so many thanks to the people in our industry that are, you know, at the Capitol right now and yesterday mm-hmm. trying to, to help with some of these things. But I never dreamt it would be legal in my lifetime. I yeah. never dreamt that it's medical, mm-hmm. you know, uses that would come to light. And I certainly never dreamt that I would have a place in the industry. And now as our business starts to grow, which right now we're just trying to get the training wheels off and, yeah. and, and sustain. We, right. We're all about sustainability yeah. of mm-hmm. our business right now. You know, yeah. okay, <laughs> we're living. Yeah. Sustaining your growth. Well, yeah, right. yeah. We have so. to sustain it first then. <clears throat> yeah. yeah. And then we, we do have a lot of, you know, visions for the future of ways we want to to give back and help mm-hmm. out in that way. I'm not a politically active guy, yeah, and probably should be, but that's never been my stance. We're we're black sheep. I'd rather yeah, be yeah. in the shadows. You I know, feel my, that. Yeah. my honest first instinct when it was legalized was, well, that was a good run. You know, it's yeah. like I'm not. They mess up everything. Yeah, you know. Right. Yeah, but mm-hmm. now that we're in it, we've got to change it from the inside out and mm-hmm. keep it as good as it is. Yeah, I just yeah reiterate the point that people who wrote this law were really looking out for small farmers yeah. to help the business, you know, do good things for the property value in, in Oklahoma. I mean, all of that has, has been great. And, uh, we, we would like to see it stay, you know, benefiting mm-hmm. Oklahomans and Oklahoma. Yeah. And I think that's maybe the first part of, of our activism that we, you know, maybe are a little bit more vocal than we are physical right now. Cause we're just trying to get off the ground, but we definitely, we know some folks out there that are doing that work just want to give them yeah some props too because sure. it's going to take that to fight regulations that put a big burden yeah. on smaller growers. and i feel like oklahomans are really good about that because they fought so hard for it and it was honestly i don't think it was the younger crowd as much as it was the older crowd that fought for it and so even with those people that are at the capitol doing what they need to do they're making sure that they fight for the right things for the patient the small farmer, the 100%. small, you know, like all the small, small people that are Oklahoma. Yeah. So it's cool. It's cool to see how much our state rides for I, cannabis. Really? Yeah. So sure. proud. It makes yeah. me very proud of Oklahoma. Mm-hmm. Yes. And we feel like in the marketplace, like we're in that sweet spot where the market will always want our product. Mm-hmm. So the only part that could squeeze us out is bad legislation. Yeah. You know, if, mm-hmm. if the laws get morphed into something that's more for big corporate grows, we're in trouble. Um, if it's left to free market, they're going to choose us, you know, or the 0.01% of the market that, that needs we to need choose to us. That, you yeah, know, right. we're, we're not for everyone. We don't have to be. Right. We grow yeah, very right. small amounts of weeds. Right. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yes. But yeah. if, if they start to really favor, you know, mass, if Budweiser, quote unquote, comes in, mm-hmm. then that's a problem for the small growers. Yeah. So we'll fight to keep it. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. And even okay. when we do grow, if we do, Lord willing, we'll uh, try to grow in, in like sections that allow us to, <clears throat> to have more people involved as yeah. well. We don't want <clears throat> to automate or. You know, we, we or reduce the quality. That's the craft concept, I think, is to have hands, people, humans and hands on it rather than automate it. Yeah. So yes, I agree. That's good. And that f- everybody eats that way. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So. Right. Important. Everyone has a piece of the table. Yeah. Yeah. So what kind of piece of advice would you guys have for, like, anyone listening that you guys wish someone would have gave you? Go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> These are always unique. You, you've uh, had so much good I mean, advice. I've, uh, I've, I, I had one fail. Maybe that's uh, it's it's a saturated market. I guess what I would say is, if you don't love it, like love 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 it, 
or just having an unlimited amount of money, yeah. don't even try. Don't even try and start because it's it's and not. We're as not easy. in that second part, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, you will be. The, we're in the first. But you part, will be. Right? We're in the love part. Yeah. But yeah, I think that's it. It's like people have thought. I think a lot of people thought, well, if hippies can do it, we can do it, or mm-hmm. something like that, or or they were just. It was a green rush. I don't blame people for trying to capitalize on something like that, but I think it really, you know, weeded people out. So pardon the pun there. <laughs> yeah, really there's a little there's a little book a parable you may have read called the richest man in babylon uh-huh. have you ever read it no it's a 12 minute read it's okay. tiny but it's a book about that people in business use it to to learn about money and business and one of the major concepts in it is if you don't know the business don't get involved in the business and you know zach and i know the <coughs> business so well i mean i walked in here today with a backpack while i was hustling out of a backpack on dead to her 20 something years ago. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, so the new part for us is that <laughs> we're legislated and licensed yes. and, and you know patches on it. Yeah. Yeah. That, yeah, where's my where's my Do you have the OG collection? one? <laughs> exactly. Right. But his wife quilted him a uh, quilt out of all his old tie dyes. That's so, yeah. so okay. Oh, wow. That is yeah. a great shout side out to your note, wife. Shout out to have her. You guys met her the other day. Oh, yes. Uh, okay, yeah. Shout out to her. Yes. But that that's what I see in the business is so many people from the outside world that just assume it's this lucrative business mm-hmm. and super easy. And I just chuckle. It's like, you're going to have dirt under your fingernails and you're yeah. going to be confused and frustrated. Mad at everybody and, around yeah. you. And it, it's not <laughs> yeah. a get-rich-quick scheme. No. Yeah. It may not even be a get-rich-at-all scheme. Yeah, there's a lot of time. There's yeah. And I think that's what people don't realize is plants take time. And a lot of people got yeah. into this thinking, oh, we'll get rich so fast. Right. It'll be right. so easy to sell the flower. Yeah. Not realizing that if your first crop goes to shit, yeah, you lost all that trouble. money. Yeah. You lost all that money because you can't sell it. Well, and so what it what it means to me, it's like you guys noticed we're brand new on the scene, but you crack a jar and it's like, oh, that's that, mm-hmm. that's that smell. That's that vibe. Like they are obviously not new to this. Mm-hmm. Um you're not going to get that if you've never grown the plant before. Yeah. You're not going to get no. that if you haven't been in love with this plant and people who are in love with this plant mm-hmm. for your and whole adult life. Yeah. If you're just buying strain of the month that you think's hyped or something like that, too, if you don't yeah. know the lineages and mm-hmm. where they come from and what it's going to taste like if if you don't get a, this dominant, but if you get this dominant, it's still yep. going to be okay. Yeah. So that's how we pop seeds, too. I was like, Sherbert, OG Kush, you know, these kind of crosses. Mm-hmm. If, well, if I don't get, you know... That exact sherbet, at least I got OG cushion there to like gas it up a little bit. It can't be bad, you know what I mean? So that's, we've, that takes experience. It takes smoking the plant a lot. Yeah. I think uh, our lawyer and consultant posted something the other day about 70% of the people in the industry don't smoke. And how can you know about yeah. an industry that you're not mm-hmm. ex- you know, a part of, basically? Yeah. And that's yeah, real. So. Yeah, I, I, I like I totally agree with that. I've, you know, you have respect for people who don't do that when they're when they're in the industry too. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, like to get down to the nitty gritty, you're like, how do you know if you don't like if you can't consume this? How do you know what this you know all and, the things? And what are you here for? Yeah, right. you know this is not yeah. the, mon- the money. Are you trying to take it from this industry? Really? Are you trying to yeah. give to this industry? Right. And, and it's the right reasons that you have to be in it for, and those right reasons are like very narrow mm-hmm. yeah. and some people are major patient advocates and i have respect for that zach and i are fully aware of our egos in this <laughs> industry i don't want to speak for you zach but for me <laughs> i'm damn My proud of our flower yeah and as you should as, be. yeah we're, we're growing weed and putting it on the shelves because we believe we can bring the best weed in the state on the shelves and yeah. we're open to the competition we're open to our friends right. that grow great weed and yeah I mean, we can have a lot of fun with that but the bottom line is we want to grow the best weed. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We have no concern for anything else. Like, I'm really yeah. glad if patients find it healing. I'm really glad for our industry. But ultimately, there's a little bit of a competitive spirit with just feeling like the product that you can put out there is so incredible. Yeah, but know? that's making it come to life, too. You're just manifesting yeah, that. Yeah, and that's passion. <laughs> if you're not, if you're not, if you don't have a fire under your ass about wanting to be the best at what you do, then what are you doing? It, well, and you guys you know? have heard me when I met you and as we introduced Zach, and I'm clear about the fact that this is this is his. Mm-hmm. Um, it's ours, but yeah. It, it's ours. <laughs> it takes a lot of work. I'll work for it every yeah. day. But I'm proud of Zach's passion for that plant. Yeah. You know, so right. my role is a support role. I told right. you guys that the first day mm-hmm. I met you. I'm a helper. I help Zach. Yeah. yeah. Um, but that's his name on the jar and, and his passion on it. And we're all we're all helping out, but it's great to know that He's proud to grow weed that good. Yeah, yeah. that's cool. 
That is cool. I love to hear it. That's it's. it's so I love when I love when people talk about their partners in such positive ways. I mean, obviously, you're not going to talk shit to each other in front of each other, <laughs> but you can feel the energy of the positivity and like yeah. that. You guys are a really good team, and Bray and I are a great team, so we can feel the mm. that energy from other people who work really well together. And it's really cool to hear other people say that about their partner. So, yeah, and it's not BS. I mean, I grow at home with our method mm-hmm. and our strains <laughs> and I bring it and I put it next to it. I'm like, what the hell is the difference? Why does yours, why is yours huh. so purple? Why does it yeah. look so good? Yeah. And Isn't that wild? It, it's, uh, yeah, huh. he, he's really good at it. Yeah. Awesome. Shout so out love. It's they love, they feel from you. <laughs> the love they feel. Oh, I appreciate it. <laughs> I love them back. Yeah. You have to. <laughs> <laughs> what can people expect from black sheep cultivation in the near future guys? Hmm. I think, well, I think we're, we're starting to kind of branch out a little bit into um, maybe a little bit of a rosin production, <laughs> li- live, li- oh. live rosin with some folks. I don't necessarily want to say it yet, but we've been talking yeah. to a few different people. And we're a small batch kind of situation, so we may not do that this next round. We may mm-hmm. just go for all flour, but yeah. we definitely started sitting down with some Oklahoma-owned awesome folks that nice. we... Uh, think we'll we'll get into some good stuff with love in, to in hear that, it in that area and love rosin. Uh, <laughs> we've yeah. been popping some new seeds too um i have some stuff that's like an old sour diesel cross from mm. some of my west coast family the black sheep west coast crew Ooh. that uh cross with like purple punch or some of the heavy hitters from today too so uh i think the other one's called future there's a few different crosses of sour they sent me um, so we're kind of messing around with some new strains, and nice. we're maybe refining a little bit of the current menu with some new stuff coming in. But nice. we're just going to try to stay gassy with it, Love it. stay consistent, and uh, give you the give, you know give the flavor first, but also the feeling that you get from it is yeah. as important as the as anything else. So nice. that's what that's we're going to try to stay consistent that way, and that's it. That's and, awesome. and we're seeking out those partnerships. You know, we're we're brand new, and we're really fortunate to have some close friends in the industry. So we're on the shelves in very few spots. Um, as we grow, that's going to develop. But we're we're as picky about who's going to sell our weed as we are about yeah, how we I grow. Yeah, I admire it. that. What shops good, are you yeah. guys in right now? Uh, you know, off the top of your head, Tegarty, Mosaic, okay. Sage, Joe's Herb Cabinet, um, More nice. Oasis. Yep, fresh drop at More Oasis today. today we're going up to Tahlequah and Tulsa to meet some folks nice. here in a couple of days. That we'll pro- we've already actually made some agreements there too. So, nice. but we'll, we'll, we'll Hell wait yeah. and it's just the shops that are as passionate about the product as we are. Mm-hmm. You know, right. what I mean? they don't have a Each space on their shelf for living awesome. soil or yep. organic. Then they're not going to have a place for us. We're, yeah. We'll make <coughs> no sense to them. Yeah, and most yeah. of those places are Oklahoma owned. Mm-hmm. You know, s- relatively small business kind of mindset folks, and we want to yeah. support them just like we want their support I love that. yeah so. that's love that that's great all that's, those places are that's like a great that. and they're all great places so well, we're yeah. really we're really thankful to be in with the folks we're in we've had a lot of people you know giving us good advice and put pushing us in the right direction too that's awesome so. that's important so we like to ask everyone this question but what is a stigma you would like to see changed revolving cannabis it, it's so massive i mean i don't even know where to begin as a as a business professional in my daily life i'm in boardrooms every day that i have to roll my eyes yeah people's Mm. perception of cannabis and cannabis users and as a uh, i'm a i'm a non-drinker about Mm -hmm. a year and a half non-drinker that's awesome heck yeah yeah it's just unbelievable the way those two things get lumped together in people's minds so Mm -hmm. first stigmatism i would love to isolate the two and for people to finally understand that even saying like well it's not as bad as alcohol is placing that stigmatism on it yeah yeah, exactly. like even saying as bad or like even putting right. those. It's right. One is yeah. not bad at They're all. Not, yeah. There is no similarity. There's no, no yeah. Right? yeah. Yeah. So the, the stigmatism on the user is is what really gets me. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And that's, we're black sheep. You yeah. Know, again, it's all the brand. Goes we, back. we have, from the way our families have looked at us to the way employers have looked at us to the way society has looked at cannabis users. We just need to unite as black sheep family and show them what we're capable of. Absolutely. Which is yeah. Everything. And we we would definitely, uh, to add to that exact point, like there are still people suffering from cannabis prohibition that are in jail. Mm-hmm. Now. Right. We'd like to yeah. see those laws change. We want to advocate for that. Yeah. And we want, I think we should, we all should. If you're in the cannabis business and you're not advocating for that, we're, we might be in the wrong spot. You know what I mean? Yeah. That's right. We're all fortunate to be here. Absolutely. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So yeah. let's help the rest of our brothers and sisters across the United States that are Get like out. basically, you know, targeted 
oftentimes by the color of their skin. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And uh, we'd like to see that change too. Oh, yeah. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, um, I also have to give you guys a shout out for Instagram and what you guys do on there because what I like is your captions and the pictures that you post of your flower. A lot of people do not give detailed captions on like what they're seeing and it's just like GG4 and then that and like fire emojis and you're like, you know, but like someone who is curious and eager to learn more, it's really cool to be able to see like the lineage, Ooh. the terpene profile, yeah. and kind of like, do you type them, Zach? Do you both type yeah. them? Okay, Zach. yeah. <laughs> but like, I can yeah. feel like your passion, like you like really want people to know like what was like about this flower. But I don't know. I'm always looking for more. Like I, that's one thing I do on growers pages is I just like go through them to see if like there's more than just the strain name, right? Yeah. Because then I, I want to see like a nice little paragraph. It's fun to like read about your mm-hmm. passion about this flower or where you that. got it from and then all the details about mm-hmm. it because then i'm more likely to be like oh i'm definitely going to buy that i like, have to seek it out it keeps me from like having to figure out all of the other research on my yeah. own right. and like going into a dispensary and being <laughs> like i've heard of this grower but like they have there's nothing on their website yeah. they're not transparent about this and their instagram bio it says nothing about their process they right. have some photos but the captions don't do it so it's kind of like it's just kind of misleading, but I just want to say I admire what you guys are doing with that. You're doing a good job. Awesome. Thank, yeah. you Thank you very much. Yeah, Thank absolutely. You. And with the medicated okies, took some incredible shots of our flowers. Shout out to medicated okies. They, no do, a they do a great job. They do a great job. Yes, they do. (laughs) Guys, be sure to give Black Sheep Cultivation a follow on Instagram. It's at Black Sheep Cultivation to check it out for yourselves. Yes, and I believe this wraps up our episode for today. So thank you guys for taking time to be with us once again and talk. Yeah, we thank you too. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you so much for having us. Yeah, we appreciate you guys sharing your passion and your journeys with us. It's been a pleasure. Thank you to our listeners for tuning in to another episode. And as always, Brian, stay medicated. Thanks for listening to today's show. To check out more great cannabis podcasts, go to podconnects.com. Here's a preview of one of our other shows. Season one of Dope History is now available at dopehistory.com. Dope History weaves you through the lives of those who have been touched by cannabis or have had an influence on the events that shaped our laws or relationships with this plant. You'll hear tales from Frenchie Cannoli, Keith Strop, Eddie Lepp, Tom Alexander, Ed Rosenthal, Wolf Seagull, Jorge Cervantes, and Tommy Chong. Available now at dopehistory.com.